July 13th, 2023. Welcome back to the Chapter 49 podcast. My name is Larry Landon. I'm a volunteer and uh, I do, uh, I'm a retiree as well and do some volunteer work with Chapter 49 in the area of communications. We're happy that you chose to join us today and uh, we're back after just uh, a week off for the July 4th holiday to give Duncan Giles a chance to have some time off. Duncan, welcome back. Thank you, Larry. Here as always. Good to have you here as well. And uh, we're very honored to have, once again, Tony Reardon, the national president of NTEU. Uh, uh, Tony, you were early on one of our first guests we had on when we started this podcast about three years ago. And uh, sadly, this is our last chance to talk to you, but it's good news for you because you are set to retire. Yes, sir, I am. And let me first uh, say to uh, both you, Duncan and Larry, uh, thank you very, very much for um, having me on today. I think I've told you this in the past. And so for you know all the listeners out there, this is something that every single week, at least all the weeks that, that you all uh, produce uh, one of your broadcasts, um, I'm a, I am a uh, listener oftentimes, but sometimes watch the uh, video feed. And uh, you all, you both do a, an outstanding job. And uh, I thank you both for uh, the service that you provide, not only to Chapter 49 members, which I know is sort of your core audience, but you also go out across the country and I think even beyond um, at times. So the service that you provide is, is uh, outstanding. And I'm one of your loyal listeners or uh, viewers. So, Well, will you continue to be that uh, once you retire? The answer to that question is yes. Okay, excellent. One hundred percent yes. I will tell you that um, oftentimes what I will do is um, I'll go out for a – I try to go out for some long walks. And so I'll oftentimes listen, and I'll, and I'll do that while I'm uh, walking. So I'm going to continue – absolutely continue to do that as long as Duncan doesn't cut me off of uh, uh, being able to be one of your uh, loyal listeners. We'll, we'll try to make sure Duncan doesn't um, uh, mess up the works on that one. So, uh, well, yeah, and, and Tony, you've been, you've been very, I mean, in all seriousness, you've been very, very generous with your time to, uh, to, to talk to us. And I want to say that, you know, when I, when I, when I thought about this podcast being our, our last together, uh, I, I go back to, I think it was 1997. I could be off by a few years. First time you and I ever had a discussion. Chapter 49 had not sent anyone to national training for many years, and I finally was able to talk to chapter president at the time to sending me. And uh, you and I had a really good conversation uh, kind of away from the, the, the actual room where the, everything was going on. At that time, that was in the late 90s, You know, we were still trying to figure out technology. Not that we have right. it all figured out now, but uh, you Perfect. and I, I, I know I ended up calling you, sending you messages, to, uh, talking to you at the, the convention, mostly about technology issues. And you were an invaluable uh, source for us at that time. That was, um, Larry, I, recall, I actually recall this. And that was at a time when I knew a lot about the uh, pre, you know, then present day technologies. I have, you know, since uh, becoming national president, I've kind of uh, lost a lot of that uh, knowledge. I'm not quite up to date the way I once was. Well, you have a good staff to take care of you, and that's good. So, uh, Absolutely true. Okay, I'm going to let uh, Duncan Giles ask uh, the first question from here. Uh, yeah, Tony. Um, first question is, uh, for me, um, is what do you see as the future of the IRS and your thoughts on Commissioner Werfel? 
Um, Duncan, those are um, really, really excellent questions. And, and so here's what I'd say. I think um, as I project forward, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I think the future of the IRS looks um, pretty good. You know, we've had the um, infusion of the 80 billion, now unfortunately down to 60 billion of the uh, IRA money. And we all know, right, that it was uh, desperately needed. And we also, I think, all know, or at least certainly most of us know, that that money is already starting to pay dividends. You know, the IRS has um, really had a, I would say, a long road, um, you know, that it has um, had to um, try to travel to start to rebuild its uh, personnel and to also modernize um, its systems. I, I sort of jokingly say to people all the time, the you know, the IRS is is using equipment that um, and, and software applications that are that are older than me. And look at all my gray hair. But in you know, in in all seriousness, I mean it, it's it's true. And so you know, this um, sixty billion dollars is I think going to really help the IRS in terms of its rebuilding and also building up its staffing. But I will tell you this: I think the um, it, it would. I think it's important that the uh, GOP attacks um, on the IRS um, stop. You know, here's here's the case. You know, you, you mentioned Larry. I think that um, I've been around for uh, 30 years, and it, it's actually now I think 33 and a half years. And you know, I remember a time when the GOP would really fully support um, a tax agency that ensured that uh, people paid what they owe. And so now we have a, a tax gap in the hundreds of billions of dollars. We've got um, a, a, a GOP that, that for whatever reason, seems okay with that. And I will point out, it is the IRS um, that collects 95% of the money that funds our government by enforcing the tax laws that Congress um, wrote. So, you know, I, I sort of, you probably kind of hear or see maybe a little bit of passion in me on this because I uh, candidly take um, uh, offense when lawmakers claim that the IRS, IRS is unleashing an army of 87,000 armed agents, uh, you know, to go after the American people. It simply is false. Um, and, and, you know, they, they know it's a lie. Um, it's political posturing. Um, and they say it over and over and over. And unfortunately, it starts to kind of uh, seep into, or maybe more than seep, um, into the psyche, into the consciousness of the American people. And it makes it, um, I think, hard and even dangerous for um, IRS employees to, to do the jobs um, that they were hired to do. And again, that, um, you know, they're simply enforcing the tax laws that, that Congress wrote. <clears throat> Duncan, you also mentioned um, my my thoughts on Commissioner Werfel. Here's what I will tell you. So I, um, I, I think it was within about two hours of um, President Biden nominating um, Danny Werfel to be the next commissioner. I got a phone call on my cell phone from uh, uh, Danny Werfel. And I was very appreciative to get the call. And I think it made, I, I think it showed um, 
that he understands the importance of frontline employees and of NTEU. So he called me and, you know, right out of the box, he said to me, so Tony, what is it that your members are looking for in a commissioner? And I, I really, I will tell you, I really appreciated that, uh, that question and, and where it came from. And so what I told him at the time was, I said, look, the um, IRS employees, NTU's members, are looking for a commissioner that um, is a leader that will make certain that employees have the tools and the resources that they need to effectively do their jobs. They're looking for somebody that has um, political courage. And what I meant by that, and he and I talked a little bit about that, what I meant by that was they're looking um, for somebody who is going to stand up for IRS employees, no matter how much pressure is coming at at him, in this case, um, to, to make sure that he's protecting um, and, and getting the stories out about the good work that the IRS does and not simply buckle underneath the pressure of people who are trying to uh, really go after uh, the Internal Revenue Service. I also said to him, um, I said a whole lot to him, but trying to sort of break this down a little bit. I also said to him, you know, that there are two other things that I would strongly urge you to do. Number one, when you travel around the country to different IRS offices, number one, make certain that you um, meet um, in a meaningful way with uh, IRS chapter presidents, with our chapter presidents. That will send a powerful message, I said to him, to the employees, to NTEU, that you value frontline employees, that you value NTEU. And it will also provide you the opportunity to make certain that you are hearing the unvarnished truth of what is going on in the IRS. He said, Tony, excellent point, I'll do it. I said the second thing, I would urge you as soon as possible to convene um, the IRS employees, or uh, I'm sorry, the uh, IRS chapter presidents, uh, NTEU's chapter presidents um, in Washington, D.C., in a one or two day meeting where you can actually hear from them as a collective about what's going on um, and, and where the where the challenges are, what the problems are, what the good things are that are going on in the IRS um, for frontline employees in the relationship with NTEU, so on and so forth. He said, Tony, done. I will tell you that that uh, Doreen Greenwald, uh, NTEU's national executive vice president, and I had some conversations um, about that immediately following that call. And we both wondered, will he really be able to pull this off and have this meeting? Will he really ultimately be willing to do it? Here's where it went from there. We had several conversations with him. That that one in-person meeting turned into four virtual meetings where we broke down the group of IRS chapter presidents into four different groups. Um, and you know, in those one-hour sessions, you know, each of those sessions were one hour. In each of those, we talked, and Duncan, you were a part of that. We talked about the challenges, the issues, the problems, the concerns, all that stuff. And then that really gave us the foundation for what we needed to discuss when um, the commissioner brought all of uh, NTU's national leadership and also our, our chapter leadership into uh, uh, Kansas City. It wasn't in Washington, D.C., it was in Kansas City. And we had a one-day 
meaning. So um, that brings us, Duncan, to my impressions of Commissioner. I think he understands how to how to lead a large organization. I think he values frontline employees. I think he is willing to listen. I think he's demonstrated that. But as I said to him, and as I said in front of our chapter presidents when we were assembled in that meeting, you know, our members, our chapter leadership, we've all been listening to uh, to Happy Talk for years. Um, people know the right things to say. The key, of course, is what is the action and what accountability is built into the process for that action so things actually get done where frontline employees feel the benefits and actually experience the, the uh, benefits. So sorry for that long answer. Well, let me uh, follow up with a, a question that uh, really is more looking back because uh, as the national president, uh, obviously from, for many years, you, you fight for things. One thing I learned is when I was a chapter official years ago is that, you know, you have to have certain principles and you fight for them and eventually it's done. It may take years, decades in some cases. But, for example, you have a student, some student loan relief, as the law allows. You have uh, some child care subsidies. You've worked years to get that into the contract. I'd like you to do, first of all, with IRS, uh, what you feel you've accomplished during your time as president. And maybe uh, go a little further of, of some of the other agencies that NTEU represents uh, Talk about your your biggest wins, what you've accomplished during your tenure as national president. Well, um, you know, Larry, thank you for the uh, for that question. I think it's uh, a great and, and um, timely question, candidly. You know, I think um, I will just sort of piggyback on, on what I just said. I mean, one of the, I think, wins, certainly as it relates to the uh, IRS, um, is exactly the, the um, uh, sort of changing relationship um, between NTEU and IRS. And, and what I mean specifically by that is for the first time in, in my um, memory anyway, you had the commissioner of the IRS bring all of the IRS chapter presidents in for um, th this meeting that I just mentioned. I think, you know, that speaks really highly for NTEU and certainly for the commissioner and the IRS and the relationship, what I've always described as a very um, mature relationship between NTEU um, and IRS. We, we both parties have fought for years and years and years over a lot of things. And, and, and that those, those challenges have created a relationship that I think has put us now where, as I said, the commissioner um, did uh, what he did by bringing everybody um, together. I think that is a major win uh, for NTU and for the IRS and ultimately for the taxpayer. Um, I think the funding that I mentioned before, now $60 billion from the Inflation Reduction Act, I think is huge. Look, I, I can recall a time when I was first um, at NTU where the IRS was relatively well-funded and relatively well-staffed. And then we, of course, saw in about 2010 or so, where things went, I mean, the funding went uh, down. This uh, this uh, agency was decimated, really, both in terms of funding and staffing. Um, lost, you know, on the order of twenty thousand employees net over that period of time, and um, you know, created all the problems that that we've seen, and and really 
uh, resulted in, in, in many ways, what I think has been sort of a, a broken system. Um, so I think the funding is, you know, something certainly that NTE was fought for, for over a decade. And, and so I think it is huge for frontline employees, for the uh, agency and for taxpayers that this funding has come through. Uh, true enough, it went, it dropped um, because of the, uh, um, the the fight that recently occurred and the deal that was uh, that came about. So the eighty billion dollars is now only sixty billion, but it's still sixty billion dollars, and I think that's going to be uh, really huge. We have we've had the child care subsidy program. I think um, that is um, that is a a, a real uh, masterpiece on the part of our leaders um, in you know, in bargaining and the, and the things that we were able to get accomplished there. I think the expansion of telework to uh, customer service representatives um, is a big deal. I think the work that was done um, between the IRS and um, NTEU through the pandemic, I'm not sure, a lot of people may not know that even before um, the pandemic was widely understood to be a pandemic, fortunately, you know, I, I've said this about NTU leadership, um, and I think it's been the history of NTU leadership. Clearly, um, even before I became national president, NTEU has a way of seeing around corners, what's coming, and and not only seeing around the corner, but then preparing. And I and I think this is an example. You had the pandemic, and so right away I contacted uh, at that time Commissioner Reddick, and I said, "Look, we need to uh, get our." teams together and start to figure out how we're going to deal with this, because I believe this is going to be a huge um, issue. We did. We started meeting um, our, our teams, started meeting uh, every day for several months. I tell you that because I think that was important through that process to deal with a lot of the issues that were coming up. But it also, for me, created a model and, and, and sort of advanced that maturing of the relationship I talked about. It created a model where now we still meet with the IRS, with IRS leadership on a regular basis about things far beyond uh, the pandemic. So I, so I think that is um, a win from my perspective. Um, I think the fact that in, in 2022, um, IRS employees received, um, as I recall it, more than $90 million in awards, which is the highest amount ever um, delivered. So I think those are some of the things kind of off the top of my head here um, that um, were, were big wins for NTEU and, and but, you know, obviously, ultimately for uh, employees. Now, in terms of sort of broadening that and looking at um, NTEU as a whole, I think most people on this uh, that, are, that are listening or watching know that NTEU represents, obviously, IRS is, our, is uh, the largest agency where we represent employees, but we represent employees in 33 other um, agencies. And, and so some of the wins over you know, the period of time that, um, that I've been national president that I would, I think, point to is uh, probably the first one I would mention is uh, paid parental leave. That is something that NTEU started um, in, in a very um, uh, in, a, in a very direct way, started pushing and fighting for literally 20 years before um, it became law. And um, I will tell you that I have had the benefit 
of getting so many cards and letters and, and telephone calls and emails from people, some of which um, uh, contain pictures of their newborn children, and talking about the benefit of the paid parental leave program and how um, you know they no longer had to make the decision between staying home with a child and, and their paycheck and, and how profoundly pleased they were that NTU did this. So I think that's big. I think the, uh, um, the pay raise that um, uh, federal employees received this year, which was and on an average 4.6%, I think is um, uh, outstanding. And we look to uh, 2024 to a pay raise of, I suspect, probably 5.2%, though we have not given up our fight for the FAIR Act, which would call for um, an 8.7% pay increase, which I believe um, federal employees deserve. And, you know, I could go into a long, we, we, we don't even have enough time for me to go into all the reasons why. But I do believe federal employees deserve um, the 8.7%. Again, the $80 billion investment um, in uh, the IRS, a resetting of relationships at agencies um, that in some agencies, this does not hold true in the IRS, but in some agencies, we had some um, horrific relationships, uh, candidly. You know, I, I for many years, uh, talked about the relationship between NTU and, and CBP before I got to um, the, the national president slot of, you know, being one of um, uh, 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 litigation. It was a relationship based in litigation. And, and fortunately, we've been able to turn that around. HHS, horrible. During, during the uh, last administration, I could not get the secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services to even respond to emails or letters or telephone calls or, for that matter, a petition that I um, placed uh, you know, on his reception desk um, that had 17,000 names on it, as I recall. So that said, about a week ago, I was at the HHS Hubert Humphrey Building in Washington, D.C., and signed a new contract with Secretary Becerra. And so there has been that resetting. We've had a lot of uh, new contracts um, in multiple agencies, including the IRS, HHS, DOE, uh, SEC, NCUA. I mean, a whole bunch of them. We've had membership growth in, the, in our union um, over the last eight years. We had uh, the Bureau of Land Management join us, Federal Police of Hawaii, uh, federal law enforcement training centers. So we've continued to grow, which I believe is essential uh, for the health of this union, or any union, candidly. Um, and then we've had some, what I would say is uh, increasing uh, political engagement, where we have now elected a president and many allies in Congress who are supportive of federal employees and our, and our current civil service system, which I think is really, really uh, important. And let me uh, give the next question to Duncan Giles. Can you hear me, Duncan? Yeah. Maybe. I think you're cutting out on us, Duncan. Uh, try it again. Okay. Can you hear me now? A little better. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Tony, looking at the tea leaves and around the corner, what do you see for the IRS budget or the possibility of a shutdown? Oh, boy, I tell you, it's that time of the year, isn't it? Um, you know, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. You know, um, 
I guess what I would say about the um, uh, the budget is, you know, I'm I am concerned that I mean we saw we saw the whole we saw the whole fight to take the IRS's eighty billion down to sixty billion, and I remember um, candidly saying to IRS, IRS leadership at the time, hey, what do you you know what are the chances because of course. People didn't really know, you know, what the fine print said in in the deal, right? And so I said, "Well, I sure hope that you know whoever was negotiating this deal um, was smart enough to say, okay, you guys are, you know, you want us to take it down from eighty billion to sixty billion. The end. The end. Unfortunately, um, it appears to me that um, that." didn't occur. And so what we see now is that, you know, there are folks uh, on one side of the aisle who are continuing to look at taking money. My biggest fear all along has been that, okay, you guys got that now $60 billion, um, but we're going to keep coming after now your annual appropriations and keep chipping, chipping and chipping and chipping away. And I think there is evidence that that's what, um, they're looking to do. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, they won't be able to do that because, look, I mean, here's the bottom line. Clearly, there are people who don't want the IRS to be a highly a, a high functioning, um, successful organization, um, and and that's unfortunate because, as I mentioned, we've got you know um, we've got a lot of uh, uh, we've got a huge tax gap, um, and. And I think on the whole, the American people want to see um, an IRS that certainly can process their returns timely and get their re- refunds out to them timely and, and all that. And I think oftentimes a lot of our a lot of the uh, uh, American people, they, they don't understand. They truly don't understand everything that the IRS does and that the IRS brings in 95 percent of our government's revenue. And and I tell people that all the time. I know a lot of Folks don't want to talk about the IRS because it's like, you know, sort of a party stopper, I guess. Um, I, I love to talk about it and I love to explain to people, hey, look, folks, let me explain to you what the IRS is and does and why it's so important to you as a United States citizen. Um, so I, I am I remain um, candidly worried about, you know, them trying to continue to uh, chip away at, 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 at the money. I think in the short term. Um, that isn't going to probably be so successful, but but I, I think it's something that is we need to think about on the horizon because it's out there. Now, how does that then play into the um, potential for a shutdown? Look, um, I, I will tell you that you know I'm I'm worried that um, you know the ability for Congress to come to any kind of an agreement um, is going to be very very tricky this year on on all of the appropriations. There are people who are interested in a shutdown. They think it would be a good thing. Um, <laughs> I think I think I think sane people yeah, understand understand that it is not a good thing. And let me just tell you on the issue of shutdown. You know, look, I was obviously national president um, and 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 you both um, Duncan, you were chapter president through the 35-day government shutdown. And I had um, the opportunity 
um, like every other American, to see, you know, federal employees on the news um, being interviewed, having to go through uh, food lines in their cars and get boxes of food and other essentials dropped in the back of their vehicles, uh, going to food pantries, uh, not be able to um, pay their, their credit card bills, their mortgage, their rent, you know, whatever the case was. And, you know, there are people that um, felt the impact of losing two straight paychecks, keeping in mind now that 78% or thereabouts of working adults in the United States of America live paycheck to paycheck. Yes, 78%. So you can imagine what losing two paychecks did to so many uh, federal employees. And, you know, I, I recall being in uh, um, Senator Ken, uh, Tim Kaine of Virginia's office with 25 uh, NTU members talking to him about the impact of the um, shutdown and, and, and seeing or hearing and seeing their emotion and the stories they were telling. And I will tell you that one of the reasons that Tim Kaine is one of my favorite human beings is because of the empathy and the true emotion and caring that he demonstrated that day for federal employees. It was a sight to behold. Trust me on that one. And um, but what it does is it further speaks to me um, of the importance of avoiding a shutdown and the impact not only on our members. And that was profound. But there is an impact on our country. There's a cost that nobody ever wants to talk about. It is a huge financial cost to this country. So. Um, I hope that they will be able to avoid it, but I will tell you that I am concerned. Well, Tony, uh, we're recording this on July the 13th, uh, about a month or so. There'll be a convention in Detroit for NTEU. You have one national convention every two years. And uh, that will be the end of your presidency as you walk away from that uh, convention. Uh, where do you go from here? Well, um, I... Um, am going to uh, be living in North Carolina and my wife and I are going to live in North Carolina. And, you know, a lot of people have said to me, you know, Tony, like, what the heck are you doing? You're a 59-year-old guy. You're young. You know, what are you doing? What are you, what? So you must be going and getting a job somewhere else. And the answer to that is, no, I'm not. And, you know, here's the way that I looked at it. I have been at NTEU for 33 and a half years. It um, has truly been my life. Representing federal employees and, the, and, and being able to do all the things that I got the, the benefit of being able to do every day for 33 and a half years um, was, was um, truly the honor of my life. And I just decided, you know, that in terms of timing, um, you know, I, I thought about it from the perspective of, you know, not what's best for Tony Reardon, although I think this is a decision that's best for Tony Reardon, too. But, but I thought about it from the perspective of what really benefits NTEU. We're between the 2022 midterms and the 2024 election. And so if there is a good time for a transition, my view is that now is is the good time. So, um so that's, you know, the, in, in terms of why I'm, I'm doing it. But what am I going to do? I'm going to do um, a few things. Number one, 
Um, I'm going to try to get involved in some uh, uh, politics in North Carolina, not running. <laughs> let me let me let me let me make that clear, because I've had a lot of people saying to me, oh, you got to run for Congress. So you got to No, not running. If I was going to run for anything, if I was going to have a full time job, there is no better full time job. Sometimes, oftentimes, much more than full time, <laughs> but there is no better job. There's no better livelihood. There's no better love than being the national president um, of the NTEU. So I'm not. So I'm going to get involved in doing some some uh, political things in uh, in North Carolina. I hope. Um, you know, I, one of the things that always bothered me about people that were retiring was when they would like um, set the stage while they were still working. It's like, wait a minute, do you have a job? And you have a responsibility to people who are paying you to do your job. I fully believe that I have that responsibility. So I've these things I'm telling you about, I have done nothing to prepare it. I'm prepared to retire, certainly, you know, you know, certainly from a financial perspective and all that. But I've not done these things. I'm telling you what I am going to um, try to do once I am retired. So I'm going to do that. Um, I'm I'm going to there's a high school about five miles from where our uh, new home will be. And uh, so I'm going to look at trying to mentor high school students. I, I fully believe in trying to give back. And I think there's a lot of uh, experiences that I've had in my life that could help high school students. So I'm going to do that. The final thing is sort of the, the, the really biggie. Um, so I'm a, I am a, a pretty uh, big sports fan, although I haven't been able to follow sports over the last several years the way that I used to. Um, I'm going to try to, uh, uh, get involved in doing some, uh, sports announcing, like for high school football, high school basketball, maybe some, uh, college, uh, uh, women's college softball. Um, my daughter is a college softball player about 90 minutes from our new home. Um, she's going to be going into her senior year or her final year of school and her final season. So I'm going to watch all those games. So I'm going to focus on that first, but then after that, maybe the year after that, I'm going to try to get involved in doing some announcing. So that's what I'm going to do. Tony, I got to tell you, that was what I did early in my career. I was a sports play-by-play guy in a local level, and I learned you needed to prepare. I thought you could just walk in and do the game, and I'll never right. forget the first – it was a football game that I did, a high school football game. I remember my mother talked to me. This is my mother saying, you know, Larry, you were terrible, <laughs> and if you don't get better, they're going to fire you. <laughs> that was my mom. So uh, – Let's just say I learned how to prepare. Take advice from people who do it and learn how to prepare, and you'll be fine. But don't do what I did and just walk in yeah. there and, and uh, try to call a game without uh, proper preparation. Yeah, that's a, I, that's great to hear you say that. That's That was the best yeah. job I ever had doing uh, play-by-play for high school and college sports. Duncan Giles, uh, your final uh, question, comment for Tony Rudin. Um. I've got twofold. One is I'd like to hear what Tony has to say on the future of NTU, but I also want to take this opportunity uh, to talk a little bit. You know, Tony and I go way, way back, and we've been close friends over the years. And, you know, when Tony talked about he hasn't done anything yet towards his new career, that's absolutely true. This man will be working up until the time that his successor takes over because that's just the type of guy he is. 
because this man has been dedicated. He is bleeds into you and is just a wonderful guy. And for me, it's, I'm so happy to see him do what he wants to do, but it's a loss for me that I'm not going to be able to reach out, talk to him, not necessarily about NTU, but about life, things going on, things of that nature, because he's a wonderful guy and he will be missed. So, um, Duncan, let me let me just say, first of all, thank you very, very much for those kind words. But let me let me tell you, you know, as I as I hear that, um, what um, what what hits my emotions most of all, what you just said, I appreciate it all. But you calling me your friend is is a big one for me, and I. Geez, I, now I'm hoping I don't get emotional here, but that is that is a major, major thing for me. Um, I take very seriously the friendships that um, I've developed, and you're absolutely right. You and I go back a long ways, and we have a deep friendship. Um, and and but you know, for me, it it goes, and and maybe this is part of why we have a deep friendship because of the value that you bring to chapter 49, but not just to chapter 49, which obviously is a very important piece of it, but to the union as a whole and to being a sounding board and to being a confidant and for being uh, somebody who can provide counsel to national leadership. So that all goes into it for me for, you know, uh, why your friendship matters and why it means a hell of a lot to me for you to um, identify me as as a friend. So thank you. Um, in terms of NTU's future, you know, one of the things that I've said to people, and and a thing that you know, I, I put a lot of thought into. I mean, a lot of thought into the timing of leaving, if I was going to leave, you know, all, all those things. And here's what I've said to everybody. You know, I started working at NTU when I was, I don't know, 25, 26 years old, whatever it was. My dad worked at NTU for eight years before I was ever around. Uh, not, not ever around, but ever at NTU, of course. I knew Bob Tobias and talked to Bob Tobias Many times at various events, training conferences, you know, TPAC receptions at training conferences, when I would visit my dad in Chicago where I was going to school and they had a training conference. NTEU is a part of my family, my, my, my overall family. It's a part of my current family. It is indeed the sort of part of the fabric of who I am. And so I would not leave if I didn't feel that this union was in a great and strong place, we've been around, this is our 85th year. Here's what I believe. NTEU will be around and even stronger 85 years from now. In in terms of the short term, I think we are set up to um, continue that upward trajectory. And I, uh, I, I, I am going to be though not involved in, in day-to-day stuff at NTU, I'm going to be on the sidelines as an observer, but more than an observer, a cheerleader uh, for this union, Duncan, for you, um, for Doreen, and for 
you know, all the people who are going to be um, in, involved and all of our members and our leaders, I'm going to be the greatest cheerleader ever. Well, if I have any advice for you, Tony, just don't retire the way I did. I mean, I, I do all this volunteer work, and it's like, am I really retired? People had one guy, one, somebody tell me, I'm going to retire, Larry, but I'm not going to retire the way you did. So I'm going to just set this up as uh, one last comment. One last comment, just uh, briefly, if you can. Your last uh, message to all the people who are watching and, and listening to this podcast. Here's my message. You know, I mentioned that I've been here for 33 and a half years. Um, I mentioned being able to wake up every morning and be and be able to be proud of what I do. And the reason that I was able to do that is because um, our members and federal employees, um, to me, are truly an inspiration. I have had the joy of, over that entire period of time, talking to all kinds of employees, all kinds of uh, chapter leaders and chapter presidents, national leaders, to see how committed to our nation and to our agencies that um, our members are. They have inspired me every single day, far more than I probably could have picked myself up. You know, let's face it, there are, there are days when you wake up and it's like, Okay, but I'll tell you what, and I and I say this to people at, um, at times, um, you know, I'll go in and you're bleary-eyed and you look in the mirror, and sometimes that's sort of scary uh, at first in the morning, but I look in the mirror and I, and I say, you know what, I like that guy. I like the guy that's staring back at me, and you know why I like him? Because I like the work that all of our members and chapter leaders and those in the national office do together. We do honorable, good work. And I tell people this all the time. All the people that are coming after the IRS, coming after federal employees, coming after our civil service system and trying to belittle it or demean it or degrade it, we are a union. We are unified. And we are going to be here long, long, long after they're gone. And as long as we all, as a union, stick together, look, we don't always agree, we know that, but we have the same values, we all stick together. When push comes to shove, we will be successful. And so my message is hang together, stay together, fight together. The grit and the, and the, and the caring and the commitment that you all have for each other will sustain this union and will sustain you. And uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, though on the sidelines, I'm going to be there uh, cheering you on and knowing that you all are going to do a great job. Everybody's going to do it. And let me just finally say to you two gentlemen, again, um, it has been um, really an honor to see how this podcast has developed over the last three years you both do a professional, fun, laid-back, friendly, but informative um, and valuable job of keeping Chapter 49 members informed as well as others around the country. And you both are to be applauded. And as a result, well, I'm going to applaud you. 
We thank you so much for that. That's a high honor. Yeah. And I will say one thing. Uh, I will speak for myself, and I think I speak for Duncan on this. We certainly are cheering for you in your retirement and having a successful yep. one. I know that uh, I have worked with uh, high school students as part of my retirement. You will find that an extremely rewarding endeavor. So thank you so much, Tony Reardon, uh, soon to, to be retired in about a month or so, chapter, not a chapter president, national president of NTEU. And of course, Duncan Giles joined us as well. We certainly uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast and we thank Tony Reardon for being so generous with his time over the years uh, speaking with us. And to all of you, we thank you very much for watching and listening to this podcast. Be safe and be kind. <music>